This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I am Dr. Jennifer Freed, best-selling author of the new book, A Map to Your Soul. And I am guest hosting this podcast today. I'm a longtime collaborator and good troublemaker with Goop. Today, our show is called 2023 Count Me In, and it will be about the two most essential ingredients for happiness and fulfillment in 2023, the sacred crew and deepening your connection to your highest power or the divine of your own understanding. I invited a new special friend to me, Maury Fontanez, to join because she is an exceptional purpose and intuition coach. She guides people to reconnect with their inner wisdom and to help them through times of change and growth. And I benefited from one of those sessions and it changed my life. And even though we just met, we have already become sacred crew members to each other. Welcome, Maury. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I am so excited to be here and to be in this discussion with you today. So listen, everybody, if you're a pessimist or you're a naysayer, you better not really listen to this podcast (laughs) because we are going to be talking about 2023 as the year everyone could end up being proud of. I'm going to be sharing basic astrological cycles And Maury and I will be talking about the essentials for having the best and most meaningful year with others and connecting most deeply with your highest self. Basically, we're about to take off on a journey of stellar outer and inner connectedness. So you talk about, Jennifer, the idea of sacred crew in 2023 and why that's so important. I wanted you to actually start us off and build this foundation of what is your sacred crew and why is this such an important thing for us to cultivate as we go into this new year? Well, we are about to have one of the biggest astrological shifts of all of our lifetimes. The planet Pluto will start to enter the sign of Aquarius in March of 2023. It will go a bit into Aquarius, go back a little bit into Capricorn, but then stay in Aquarius until 2043. Wow. So get the gravity of this. This is a huge monumental focus on Pluto and Aquarius. So let's break it down. 
what is Pluto? Pluto is archetypally the most intense, dramatic death rebirth energy. Mm. It intensifies anything it touches and it creates the possibility for gigantic crisis and or transformation. Mm. Now, the last time Pluto was in Aquarius, it was 1776 through 1796, the American Revolution, the French Revolution. Now, I think we can have peaceful resolutions instead of violent revolutions. Mm. In order to do that, though, we have to focus on the collective and being very intentional about our small collectives. Because after all, our impact is only usually the greatest with the people nearest to us. And then it ripples out from there. So the sacred crew is my way of talking about the people that we bring close to us that become the support system to our greatest good. Mm. Now, before we get more into why we need the sacred crew, we all need high-functioning people supporting us to be high-functioning. Why is it so important, Maury, in your experience, to connect to the highest good or the highest power even before assembling your sacred crew? Mm, such an important question. And I think it starts with really delving into what we mean when we say higher self. I always tell people it's not a judgment call. It's not a value proposition. If you have a higher self, you have a lower self. Higher self in the work I do with people is about connecting you to your soul, the part of you that is connected to the divine that is here to learn and grow through experience. And so your higher self, if we're defining it, is really there to push you to thrive and to do that by connecting you to your truth. What is your desire? What is your reason for being here? What is your purpose? And it does that by talking to you through the language of your intuition. So if you think about the function of higher self being about connecting you to your truth, then the one thing it's not interested in is other people's opinions of you and what you're doing and what your truth is. And so when you are connecting to your soul in this way, through this language of intuition, it means that you're fully aligned with your truth, with the reason for your existence. And if you think about that outside of how other people feel about you, you're able to move through the world and use your voice to speak up for what is true and right for you and be aligned with your purpose and ultimately fulfilled. So Jennifer, when I first started hearing you talk about Sacred Crew, and we've had such amazing conversations about it, and I feel so lucky to count you in my Sacred Crew, one of the things that we talked about is it's not really possible to attract this Sacred Crew, or as I call it, high-frequency relationships, which means they see you in the form of your highest truth, and they meet you there. If you don't understand your highest truth, if you are not doing the work to align to it, and that means that you're choosing that whispering of your intuition, of your soul, over conforming to what other people want and need from you, or even over filling some of the holes we all have about wanting love and, and doing what we need to do to get it without connecting to what's best for us. When you do that work to connect to that higher self, then you can attract the sacred crew that allows you to live in that that truth and in that higher frequency. And I think, you know, what would be important for people to hear that you shed light on for me that really enlightened me is 
well, what does it mean when someone's in your sacred crew? How do you operate in your sacred crew? What makes them sacred? How do you know the difference between your sacred crew and others? Great question. So first of all, thank you for defining the highest power and also reminding us all that we all have source inside of us. Mm -hmm. Every single person has this endless energetic positivity when they declutter from the noise outside. Mm. Thank you for pointing that, that out. Now, yeah. the sacred crew, in my way of thinking of it, it is eight to 12 people that you have made sacred agreements with. How do you know this is your sacred crew? Because they're willing to make agreements with you around accountability. So one of the agreements that we made, Maury and I, is that we will hold each other accountable to checking in to our higher self. Mm. So part of the journey for all of us isn't you just get in touch with your higher self and you never leave. With the noise that's overwhelming and all of the narratives that come in and out all day long, it's a major chore to keep touching back to what's inside of you versus what's being told to you. Mm. So part of the sacred agreements that I make are these ideas about checking in. But I wanted mm -hmm. to cover a few of the sacred agreements and discuss them with you, Maury. Because yes, please. Realize these are my agreements. And mm -hmm. eight to 12 people sounds like a lot at first. Like I have some friends saying, I only have two people I can make agreements with. The amazing thing about once you're in touch with your truth and you create the agreements out of that, people show up on that vibration. Mm. Don't you think, Maury? Absolutely. Yes. They, you magnetize them is the way that I see it. It's like once you've decided this is where I'm at, then you start to magnetize people who are operating at that frequency with you. And what I love is keeping you accountable to staying there. Yes. And one of my friends, Jennifer Buffett, said it perfectly. She said, you can know in moments when you're with somebody, if they're a fountain or a drain. Mm -hmm. And I think part of what I used to do in my life is try to turn drains into fountains. I yes. was obsessed with, oh, if only I could give them this or show them this or this yeah. or that, then they would become a fountain. And now at this point in my life, no, just go with the fountains. Mm. And when the draining people ask for help, nobody ever wants unsolicited advice. When they ask for help, I could be there for them, but no more fixing. So let's get to the sacred agreements. Yes. So one of them for me, these are mine and Maury and I could have different ones, but I want to talk about why these are mine and why they're important. We contact each other regularly to touch base and check in. Well, how can you be a sacred crew with somebody if they have no idea what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. Now, some of my friends, my friend Maggie that I'll bring up, we don't touch in every day or even every week. It could be a month or two months, but we've been best friends since I was a baby. Mm -hmm. So our continuity is more spacious, but it is consistent. The next right. one is we prioritize very important events in each other's lives. Now, again, none of us can attend everything. So one of the ways I accommodate this, let's say with you, Maury, say one of your daughters is having a quinceanera or whatever, I say to you, how important is it to you from one to 10? And if you say it's a 10, I'm going to bust yep. my butt to be there. 
But if mm. you say it's a three, I'm going to say I need to pass. I have about 15 other things I've got to do. Mm. But we're going to make that attempt to prioritize important events in each other's lives. Here's a big one. We share our true joy and true suffering with each other. One of the things that I've noticed is some people are great at pity parties and horrible at celebrating mm. joy. Yes. Part of my sacred agreement is I could call you up crying my eyes out, or I could call you up higher than a kite because something fabulous happened to me, and you're going to hold both with equal attention. Now, do you feel that's something you want to, Maury, for you? It's so true that it's hard to find people that you even feel comfortable celebrating with, right? Because I think that that's a level of vulnerability that we hold behind a wall that says, if I experience hope around this thing, or I experience pride around this thing, I have to hide it from others. Why? Maybe because we've experienced envy in the past. Maybe because we don't have the kind of supportive people in our lives to build us up to say, no, you deserve that great thing you did. We've been around people, to your point, that we're trying to fix who, because they're pulling energy from us, they are not really focused on building us up. So I absolutely agree that the celebration is a big one. And I had a question that come up for me as you were going through some of these, which is, can your family be in your sacred crew? Is it just friends? Like, what is the quality of the relationship? That's a great question for me. Anyone can be in the crew if they want to make these agreements. Now, yeah. I have a lot of beloved family members that just wouldn't agree with this. And that's okay. Right. Right. I love them anyway. But for 2023, the most essential thing is that you do have people you've made these agreements with. And they're explicit because we are all going to be tasked with this extraordinary opportunity to transform humanity over the next few years. We have the technology, we have the communication structures. Now we have to have everybody, and I mean everybody saying, count me in. Mm. My vision is if you have even four people in your sacred crew committed to something other than just fulfilling your own needs, mm -hmm. then that multiplies by a million and you have these change makers all over the world. So I want to give a couple of examples about what yeah. I'm talking about. So the first example I'm going to reference is my friends, Beryl Chrysell and Michelle Cutler. Now, about a year ago, they both felt very strongly that they had to get the vote out. And it wasn't a partisan thing. We mm -hmm. just need more people in the democracy to call it a democracy. So Beryl and Michelle started a postcard campaign with likely voters and they started writing and then they invited friends to come write. And every week there would be a two hour session of people writing postcards. Within a year, they had over 50 members writing postcards. They sent thousands of postcards. And what's true is they were part of a movement of get the vote out. And that started with two people and became a movement. And that's mm. an incredible thing. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I have another friend named Rob who was very successful in tech. And he got so upset about the climate crisis that he moved to New Zealand with his partner, Eve. He bought a huge amount of land that was basically deforested. 
and with other organic farmers, Sacred Crew, over the next years, they reforested that land with 50,000 new wow. trees. Two people, wow. Rob and Eve. Yeah. And my last example before I go to you is we have common friends now, Molly and John. And Molly yes. and John and their dog were booted out of an apartment in L.A. because the dog was too <laughs> noisy. And Molly says, let's start our dream farm. And mm. they found a dust bowl of a farm that was totally useless. And mm -hmm. they got their sacred crew together, including investors and consultants. And oh, my gosh, now it's one of the best selling documentaries, The Biggest Little Farm. And farms are sprouting all over because of the work of two people, a dog, and some folks. Ordinary yep. people doing extraordinary things. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. So, Marie, what about you? I think you have an example. Yeah, you know, I think before I share it, I do want to say that I think sometimes when you hear these stories, you feel like, well, yes, for them, but not me. Because it feels so aspirational to go and do something like this. And I think that what is the common theme with what you just said is, again, hearing what is most true to you for you in your heart's desire and not letting people who are limited by fear, who are limited by conformity, tell you no, that you are so in touch with that thing that's magnetizing you, that's pulling you, that higher self that's saying, no, this is your purpose on earth, that you do that. And my sister is my example. My sister Mojgan is an optometrist, trained, you know, doctor. And she just really came to a place in her journey in doing all of this work on herself to really understand what her truth is and really spiritually come to a place of understanding who she is, that she went after this entirely different path and became a somatic coach. Somatics is about learning how trauma is trapped in your body and learning how to heal trauma from your body. And, you know, she went off and did this as a doctor. There's people who obviously are giving the side eye thinking you have a really successful career. What are you doing? What even is somatics? She went away. She got her coaching certificate. She did all these hours of, of learning. And then we came upon this moment. My family and I are Persian where there is a great, courageous and heartbreaking revolution happening in Iran right now. And my sister, with this new skill set, decided, you know what, I now understand why my higher self was pulling me towards teaching people about healing trauma, 
there are people, there are people in our world, in our culture, in our heritage that are currently experiencing trauma that's triggering old trauma. So she reached out to a wonderful foundation, Omid Foundation, and said, look, I want to apply this new skill to something that is happening in Iran that is heartbreaking. And she's now coaching 15 people who are on the ground in Iran trying to help the people of Iran as they courageously fight against oppression to just have the basic human right of freedom. And again, she wouldn't have even thought that she was capable of that had she not done the work, just like all of the great people you just mentioned, to just sit in silence with what is true for her rather than listening to what other people are telling her successful, you know, good, happy looks like. Say her name, her full name, so we send her all great energy and perhaps how people can support her cause. Oh, beautiful. Her name is Mojgan Besharat, and she started a nonprofit called In Her Vision, where she works to empower women and LGBTQIA communities through this somatic coaching. So that reminds me of another example of how we can follow that little still small voice and it can become something. My partner, Rendy and I, in 1999, as therapists were devastated by Columbine. Now that seems mm. like such a long time ago, we had no idea what would happen since then. But when mm. that event happened, she and I together said, not in our town. We cannot allow young people to feel that disenfranchised, that alienated that they would hate themselves and hate others so much. Mm -hmm. So we started this very small enterprise called AHA, which was about teaching social and emotional health to mm -hmm. teenagers. That was back in 1999. We didn't have some big vision. We just felt the calling right. not in our town. So right. we started with eight kids in a group. And it was so powerful because they hadn't had relationship training. They had academics, but they didn't know how to relate to one another and appreciate one another and celebrate diversity. Yeah. Well, flash forward now in 2022, about to be 2023, that is a nonprofit that served 50,000 young people, teachers and parents teaching social and emotional learning and Randy and I hear today from those mm. very first youth that are raising families and doing great work in their communities because they got the skills of caring and empathy and contribution. So I really want to break it down. Beautiful. We are so special. We didn't have some great vision. People always ask us, how did you come up with this? Like, not really. We didn't. We just went, let's start a group. And it went from there because... Even in my times of crisis and doubt with a hobby, yep. it's been hard. It's a nonprofit. Yep. I would walk on the beach and I would say to the divine of my understanding, if you want us to keep doing this, show us how. I couldn't mm. do it on my own energy alone and neither could Rendy. Well, now Roxy Petty and Molly Green are running it and there's 25 people that are the facilitators and we're just consulting, but the power of asking mm. the divine for help and then creating a crew of people with aligned values that mm -hmm. are going to back you up even when times are hard. You know, Jennifer, you just said something that, that brought something to mind that I think you embody, which is that 
you know, when you are put on this planet with a purpose, which we all are, and you begin to see yourself as a vehicle for that purpose, because you are connecting to your higher self to source, then it's almost not personal. And I love what you said, which is just guide me to what you need me to do here and I will do it, which, you know, takes away that that feeling that it's personal when something doesn't go right, because then it becomes about, okay, I guess we needed to hit this bump in order to grow in this direction or get bounced off of that bump and go in a completely different direction. All of a sudden that suffering that comes with quote unquote failure, which is a word I hate, becomes not so relevant because you realize you're a vehicle for your purpose and you are just going to open yourself up to kind of being driven in that direction. Is that your experience? Completely. And I think it spared yeah. me a huge amount of ego devastation. Yes. I do feel like my job is to make this vehicle and vessel as strong and pure as it can be. So I do a lot of spiritual preparation and exercise and nutrition, but then I just give it over to the divine, like, tell me where to go, tell me who to talk to and tell yes. me what to do. And to the best of my ability, I will do that. But unlike you, I love the word failure. So let's yeah. talk about this. Let's talk because about it. For me, failure is redirection. There's yes. no problem in missing the mark. It's just what right. do you do once you get back up? And for yes. me, shame is the biggest hindrance to getting back up. If That's I'm right. a failure, I don't want to get back up. If this project failed or this idea failed, it's just a redirection. I'm good with that. Yes. And that's so true. But think about the power of words. What a beautiful thing it would be if we started to say, you know, I started this business and then I got redirected. I entered this marriage and I was redirected in a different way rather than using this word that I think has so much baggage with it that is so connected to shame. I absolutely agree. It's redirection. Maybe that's one of our agreements together is that we remind each other to reframe it as redirection when we're feeling low about something not working the way we want it. I actually just received that from you in the moment as such a gift. Let's yeah. start telling everyone there's no such thing as failure in the perception of the highest good. It's only redirection. I want to get to a couple more sacred agreements before Please. we get into the higher power discussion. Yeah. One of the most important things for me in the sacred crew, and very few people can do this, but after this podcast, I hope we will now have thousands of people doing this. Yes. We admit our mistakes openly and make time to repair them with each other. So mm. I want to teach everybody right now a simple repair method we developed at AHA that has spared me a thousand hours of unnecessary pain. It goes Great. like this. Maury, remember when I set up that appointment with you at three o'clock and I showed <laughs> up at 3.20? Yes. That must have felt very worrisome to you. You had just met me and I was not on time and that was really uncomfortable for you. Mm. I screwed up. How can I repair that with you? What would make you feel like your time wasn't wasted? How can mm. I repair it with you? So interesting because the way you just phrased it, repaired it. What I felt in my body was, oh, it doesn't even, it's not important because there's such awareness and accountability on your end, which is funny that you bring that up. 
<laughs> because my anxiety was going off that day in that example, right? There was worry. But I think that you immediately, it's not even just right now in this conversation, you did that exact thing in the moment. And therefore, my answer was nothing. I'm, I'm great. There's nothing else left to repair. But I think that what you're saying to me is, if you're going to put that to someone in that way, then they have to be accountable to giving you an honest answer that comes from what's true for them and what they need. Yeah. So the first step in the repair model is, are you open and ready for me to do a repair with you? Because you've got to get attention. And yes, the second is I did this. No excuses. Right. One thing people don't realize is when I say, I'm sorry, but the cat was throwing up and I couldn't get there because somebody was calling me. It all becomes about me again. Yep. When we harm someone or something accidentally or even intentionally, we're stealing energy. Yeah. So the last thing you want to do with repair is talk more about your process. Yeah. So it's very simple. It's like, can I repair this with you? Yes. I did this thing. I imagine it felt like this. How can I make it up to you? And we come to a mutual agreement. And just like what happened with you, if it's a small thing, mostly just owning the fact that I up is enough. Yep. And so this has been something we've implemented in AHA and implemented in our family. And what it does is it takes away the shame that mm-hmm. we all have mistakes. It's like in a camera filming, take one, take two, take three. We all make a mistake, but it's yes. to come back. And if you can't even admit you've made a mistake, there's this huge gap that happens around integrity and trust. Yes. And we can't skip over the shame, Jennifer, as you say, because that is the reason we make the excuses, right? It is to cover that feeling of not being enough, of having screwed up so much that our value is somehow diminished. And I think that going back to your sacred crew, what I want in my life is people that I can be open and vulnerable enough with to say, I made this mistake and it's shameful. Like that I'm having this deep, difficult experience that is coming from letting you down. And therefore, I'd like to repair it. But I think that when you're not in these high frequency sacred crew relationship, then sometimes you can even sense, right? Your intuition is telling you, ah, maybe not so much vulnerability. Maybe don't give them the full story about how you're feeling in your inner world because they can't hold it. But when you create the sacred crew, to your point, then what you know automatically is that people can hold you as you are, vulnerability and higher self all together. Yes, and you've made a great distinction between confession and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. For me, confession happens when I am not checking in with the other. I don't know that they're going to be able to receive what I'm saying. And I'm just blurting out all of my issues. In my past, when I've done that, I have felt so embarrassed because I've said all these difficult things and somebody's not really that interested or they might even criticize me for them. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability has to have a context of shared safety. Yes. Shared safety. So if I'm going to share something really hard, one, I've got to have your attention. Two, I have to have a little bit of time. And three, I have to know you're not going to retaliate. Right. Right. And there is also, if we're being very honest, power dynamics in there, right? 
There are systems of power and of oppression that we have to constantly be navigating, whether we're women, people of color, you know, in the LGBTQI community, whatever it is that there are systems built around us to hold us down. I mentioned what's happening in Iran, right? And it's really about being able to be aligned with this truth, yes, but also to this point you're making, your vulnerability, right, can be used against you in those power dynamics. So I think that that is another reason that when you think about sacred crew, it's really about building this group around you that is helping to, to uplift you and hold space for you so that in those systems of power or oppression, you're you're feeling more aligned with, with your higher self rather than in that body of shame. Yes, and that leads me to the next sacred agreement that's essential for me that goes to the point you just made about having yeah. these people around you. We do not let anyone talk smack behind our backs. Mm. We speak highly of each other and ask others to do the same. Oh my gosh, is this foundational for me? I have gone mm -hmm. through so much pain in my life through people talking behind my back and not mm. coming directly to me with whatever. And so many of the mm -hmm. world problems would be easily solved if people had the conflict directly with the person they're really upset with <laughs> instead of creating a rumor mill. And so for me, yeah. when people start talking smack about anybody, I just say, I'm not into this. Let's change yep. the subject or talk about somebody at their best. Yes. And that is so hard because we've been so conditioned to be in this gossip world, right? I mean, look at the media, look at the things we get served, look at the ways that we're getting fed stories about other people's lives. That takes such a discipline to, again, being aligned to your highest frequency. And that's hard because we've been conditioned to do the opposite. And sometimes people see it as venting. Oh, no, I'm just venting this out. And it's like, no, you need to have the conversation. I used to say this when I would do corporate workshops around culture. I would say, how many of you think you're just healthily venting a problem you have with someone else? And have you done that before you've tried to speak to that person directly? It's a hard thing to recondition, but I love that you mentioned it because it's so essential. So one last thing, then I want to get to the highest power and how we connect. Yeah. I believe we need much more positive gossip. So it is mm. in our nature to talk about each other. We just need to shift in 2023 to positive gossip, which mm. is saying great things about people whenever you can. So I'm going to start with what I would say about you. So Maury is this extraordinary coach, purpose and intuition. She helped me through a crisis around PR and being attacked. But what you are uniquely great at is being an incredible listener. And also, you're so smart that you can get right to the issue and help the person find their power and their guidance from within. So that's positive gossip. Thank and you. I talk yeah. about you all the time. I just met you and I talk about you. So I yes. think if we start the positive gossip, then number one, this is an important fact for everybody. When you positively gossip about another person, it increases your own immune system. Positive talk actually fires up your positive hormones inside your body. So mm -hmm. why not do it? Okay, mm -hmm. now we're switching over to your expertise. 
Saturn is going into Pisces this year Mm. out of Aquarius. Pisces is the sign that's about mysticism, spirituality, escapism, etc. Saturn is authority and discipline. Mm -hmm. So when Saturn goes into Pisces this year, 2023, Mm -hmm. this is the time that everybody has to become so much more connected to their inner guidance and be the authority of their own spiritual path. So Mm -hmm. talk to us about why you think this is, is critical for changing ourselves, but changing the planet. Look, the way that I see it is the way that we've been doing it is no longer working for us. This illusion of separation from one another is causing so much harm. It's causing harm to ourselves. It's causing harm to our families, to our communities. And as I look at the clients I work with and my own relationship with my higher self, what I realize is that when we can truly understand that we are pure magic, that we are able to create our reality through our thoughts and feelings, and that we are connected to this higher power, this source, whatever you want to call it, that is constantly guiding with not only wisdom, but love, then we are able to move with love. And when you move with love, what you begin to see is actually, I'm no different than the person I'm angry with right now. I'm no different than this ideology that feels so harmful to me. Yes, there's harm in the world. But when you approach it with love, what you begin to see is this spectrum that I talk to people about when I work with them, is that when you're working on this connection to higher self, the other side of this intuitive, deep wisdom is fear. And that's it. And fear being driven by our past experiences as human beings. We have all experienced pain and suffering that's created trauma and that's created triggers within us. And so the way I see it is actually to one side of of polarity or another. We're either making decisions and actions based on those fear voices who, bless them, are just trying to protect us. They're just younger versions of us who have experienced pain and built really smart strategies at that time to protect us, who are pulling out those old, outdated strategies today to say, don't put yourself out there. Don't write that book. Don't be vulnerable with that person. Whatever story they have based out of fear to protect us and therefore keep us small Or we have this really centered, dignified alignment with our higher self, the language of our soul that's pushing us to thrive. And that voice does not experience fear because it doesn't have those human experiences of pain. It's moving unencumbered by those things. And when we can connect to those things, guess what happens? That fear that we're moving with becomes healed. And when you heal your own fear, and you're moving in this alignment with love and truth, then that's what you emanate, right? And then those are the connections that you create. And then as you said about the sacred crew, right? It's this ripple effect. If we can create our eight to 12 and then they create their eight to 12, it's the same thing with starting with self, with this alignment with higher self that's fully pushing love at you and pushing you to thrive. And you begin to embody and emanate that, then other people can't help but be, you know, infected by that and search for their own path for their higher self. And then what that does is it reduces shame. It reduces judgment. It reduces the need for validation, which makes us do all kinds of things that are not in line with our highest good. It reduces this mythology of perfection 
that if only I dot, 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 I will be lovable enough. No, what it says is, as I am in my being, I am love and therefore lovable. And when you know that with every cell in your body, you're not searching to fill some black hole anymore. The only thing you're interested in is what's my purpose? What am I here to do that's in my highest good and the highest good of others simultaneously, rather than buying into these old myths and stories about how you need to conform, what you need to buy in order to be good enough, what negative news you need to believe in order to be smart enough, you begin to become wise to, it's an awakening. Wait a minute, I'm actually connected to this entire ecosystem through love. And if I can love myself in that way, I can move in the world in that way and inspire them to do that as well. That's so beautiful. And I wanna now put on my trauma therapist hat and say, if you're Please. anything like me, at times in my life, I've just been buried in trauma. Yeah. Pain, so I can't access it without therapy. Yes. Consultation, support. So I want to say to all the listeners, this is exactly who you can be, who Maury's talking about. And if you're not that, don't shame yourself for that. Get right. the help you need. I know so many people that have dramatically upgraded their lives by getting trauma therapy. I've mm -hmm. known so many people that have doubled down on their trauma and created pain and misery for themselves and others because they didn't have a way out and they were too proud to say I needed help. Mm -hmm. So I want you to address if somebody is stuck, I mean, mm. like, higher in the road. They just mm -hmm. can't get out of the negative fear, anger spiral, which happens to mm -hmm. all of us. Mm -hmm. What to do? Such a good question. And you know what? Here's the thing. There's no true ability to be aligned to higher self and hear intuition when you haven't healed the trauma because the trauma is louder. The fear voice is louder. I call it white noise. I say that the language of your higher self is intuition, which is your signal. And the white noise is all of that fear, all of that trauma. So in fact, to put it even, you know, underline what you're saying, if connecting to higher self is, is ultimately what you want, which I'm hoping for every single person who's listening, that's the desire, then that actually can't be done until the trauma is healed so that you can dial down the noise of fear in order to hear it. And there are so many modalities and tools out there wonderful trauma therapists like yourself, uh, other ways of, you know, attaining mindfulness, whatever it is for you. It is about spending time with those parts of you that are still experiencing harm. They're trapped in those moments, that five-year-old, that eight-year-old, that 13-year-old experiencing that pain. And until you can sit with them and spend time with them and acknowledge that pain and love on that pain so that you can release them from those stories, then you can't truly hear what your intuitive higher self is saying to you. So it is essential and it is the first step to really being connected. And there's so many modalities to, to use to, in order to create that healing. And it's gotta be right for you. It can't be what anybody else is prescribing to you. You can use your intuition very, very well in this situation when you decide I'm gonna heal this old story, I'm gonna heal this trauma. Okay, well, let's say you meet with a therapist and you're just, you're knowing, your intuitive knowing is saying not this person or not this way, or you work with a shaman and that feels right to you. Then there's no judgment about that, right? But it's about making sure you're connected to your truth and you're doing it in a way that feels right for your soul's healing, not what other people are prescribing to you. 
And I want to add to that, again, using myself as example, I came from a lot of childhood trauma. And so I had this agreement within myself, I will heal this. It was like a determination Mm -hmm. because when trauma wins, everyone loses. When trauma wins, everyone loses. So I just said, I am going to heal this. Like, oh, with so much ferocity, I felt this. And it took me years. So it wasn't like, oh, I tried this and then that instantly worked. So part of what I want to say to people is if you're having trouble connecting to that deep abiding light within, it's not your fault. You need the only thing you get to choose, like Maury's saying, is keep trying everything till you unlock the key to your wholeness. So I want to ask you, Maury, as we're nearing toward the end, to give people a practice for how mm. they can connect. Beautiful. I am going to tell you what your intuition feels like so that you can tell the difference between your higher self speaking to you and your still very lovable, traumatized self speaking to you. So intuition is emotionally neutral. And what I mean by that is that when you are receiving that signal, that information from your higher self, it drops in almost like fact. It might say to you, you need to leave this marriage, which is a scary thought. But when you first hear it or you first feel it, it just feels factual. So if you remember that intuition is emotionally neutral, on the other end of that spectrum, if you think of something and it's causing fear, anxiety, agitation, anger, then you know right away that that is not your higher self speaking to you. And it's actually a clue that that little part of you that's trapped in that pain is asking for your attention. And so what I always tell my clients is when you get that sensation, a thought comes in and all of a sudden you're anxious, that's the first thing is, okay, how old are you? Where are you? Locate this little part of yourself. Visualize them. Spend time with them. I sometimes visualize with my clients, we close our eyes, we go sit on a bench in a beautiful meadow, and we invite this aspect of ourselves to just come sit and be witnessed. That's what it's asking for. It wants to be held in your love, right? If you can do that, and then you can take a deep cleansing breath, and then ask the question again, the minute you get the answer that is emotionally neutral, just comes through, bam, then you know you've connected to higher self. And so the biggest tool to start this journey of being connected to your soul, to your intuition, is to be able to tell the difference between intuition and fear, to be able to understand what the language of higher self feels like. The other two things I'll say is sometimes you can feel it in your body when intuition speaks to you. You can feel a little, you know, bubble in your stomach or your fingers tingle. Get curious. Get excited about this investigation of, ooh, this higher aspect of me is speaking to me. What does it feel like in my body? And then lastly, what does it feel like in your energy? What I tell people is that intuition, your higher self speaking to you, is never draining. If you have a thought or feeling that drains the energy right out of you, that is not your higher self either, right? It is not 
smart for your higher self to drain you when it's trying to speak to you. It wants to invigorate you. So remember, in your body, you can feel it. In your energy, it should not be draining. And in your emotions, it's emotionally neutral. And just being able to distinguish between the fear voice and your higher self without judgment is such an important exercise to leaning towards higher self and becoming aligned with higher self while loving on and healing on all those little parts of you that are still trapped in those stories. Excellent. And I want to say quote right now that I just read that blew my mind that is really important to this discussion before we close. Quote, grinding keeps us in a cycle of trauma. Rest can disrupt this cycle. Trisha Hersey. Mm. This is the most important thing of learning how to be in touch with your intuition. You have to create silence and space. Yes. You cannot find that neutral emotional voice if you are consumed and preoccupied and stressed. Even yes. if it's five minutes a day that you dedicate to sit under a tree or just sit quietly in bed, we owe it to ourselves to reconnect with an energy system that only loves us that mm. only wants the best for us. So I wanna conclude by just thanking Goop as always for supporting me and also allowing me to have this fabulous guest, Maury Fontanez. And where can people find you? I know you're quite busy, but if they want to consult with you as I have, where can they find you, Maury? Oh, thank you, Jennifer, so much. And you can find me on Instagram at Maury Fontanez. That's probably the easiest way to reach out and send me a DM. And you can also find me on my website, MauryFontanez.com to book time with me. Jennifer, I do just want to thank you for this time. And what I want to say to people out there is trust your gut, your intuition when you meet people. The first time I met Jennifer, I heard this loud voice that said she means what she says. And she has your back the first time I met her. And there are people you meet who promise you all kinds of friendship and all kinds of things and all kinds of support that don't mean it. You can feel that. But I felt that about you from the minute I met you and you have followed through and are just such an amazing being. So thank you for being in my life and for inviting me into this discussion. It's been awesome. See more positive gossip about Jennifer. That's yeah. great. So I, <laughs> I want right. to remind people that you can develop your sacred crew you can find your intuition. 2023, the year is count me in. And that means no matter who you are, whatever you're up to, whatever's brought you to listen to this today, the real message is you count, you matter. And in the smallest and biggest of ways, you came here to do something. Remember it, do it, and share it. And do it with love. We love you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. I hope you'll listen, follow, rate, and review all of our episodes, which are available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts.